1: We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine.
0: Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 296. This is your guide to the 2021 Epcot Food and Wine Festival.
1: And no, we didn't have to say taste of. I feel like that's a big deal.
0: It is a big deal.
1: But before we get into it today, our episode is brought to you by our sponsor and our friend, Hannah Little. With Creating Magic Vacations, you can find her at littlebitofdisney.com. The good thing about Hannah is she is super organized. She's good at what she does. She's easy to get in touch with, and her services are free. So if you are looking to plan a vacation, whether it's to Disney World, Disneyland, Universal, or anywhere else, she does cruises and lots of other cool places, you need to hit her up and contact her. She's going to give you the best prices, And she's going to be easy to work with. So to reach her, you can go to littlebitofdisney.com or click the link in our show notes.
0: One thing I'd like to add, we are planners. We are. Lots of spreadsheets. And we never used a travel agent in the past. And we still get to do all of our planning stuff that we want to when you're still using Hannah's services. Because she just monitors those prices, makes sure that we're getting the best deal possible. And we still get to run wild and free. With all of our planning down to the minute. Don't you love that?
1: I mean, I know you do. We were even talking about it just today because Disneyland is coming up soon and our lists are out of control right now. So
0: just always like to throw that in there that whether you want to do no planning or full planning, using a travel agent is always an excellent idea. So a couple of housekeeping notes before we get into our preview of Food and Wine Festival. We are hitting the vlog scene super hard right now. I'm. Honestly, shocked at what we're doing, (laughs) how many vlogs we put together, how much we're enjoying it, and we're just throwing them up there on YouTube. And it's been fun to see a lot of you follow over there and leave comments and send us messages. We even got tagged in someone's Instagram story that they were watching our vlog on a TV. What? Which is very hard for me to imagine, but it's just a fun little thing, I think, that we'd love to have you over there. It's just a different way of us expressing ourselves and storytelling and our love for Disney. And we'd love to have you over there. It's ultimately leading up to Disneyland at the end of the month.
1: Oh, absolutely. All of this, everything that we're doing right now is like one big preparation to go back to the motherland. And like Brendan said, I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. We're still trying to throw out some storytelling in the wild as we experience it, which is always good to kind of practice and just experience what we love to talk about so much. And yeah, I mean, it's just fun.
0: Other thing that we want to mention is that we were lucky enough to be guests on the DCL podcast this past week. They had us on there and gave us the opportunity to ask them questions ahead of us sailing on the Disney Wish next summer. So we asked all about dining and how to get things set up and you know which room we should pick. Everything under the sun that we could think of. A lot of dining, honestly. A lot
1: of dining. A lot of um, even just what to do since we don't have kids. What do you do on a Disney cruise without kids? Because sometimes Disney cruises can be looked at as just for families. And, of course, we don't think that way. So they're very knowledgeable. We had a great time. They're always fun to talk to and listen to. So you should go check it out.
0: Yep. So we'll put the link to that episode down in the show notes below would love for you to go check it out and let DCL Podcast know that we sent you over there, subscribe over there, and listen to all of their episodes. Okay, so if you remember back in the spring, we did a complete guide to the Flower and Garden Festival. It got a little monotonous going through every single menu, reading them, giving our reactions, and moving on. I think it was one of our longest episodes of all time.
1: And I also think it was a little overwhelming for us because these festivals, I mean, they're crazy. And I feel like Food and Wine Festival is huge and they have tons of new booths. And for us to go through every single one of them, I do just think to a certain point, it's almost just like word vomit. You know what I mean? Like even as a listener, I feel like you aren't able to focus on what the menu items are, because there's so much. There really is.
0: So we broke it down as much as we could. We tried to limit it even more, but honestly, we couldn't. So we picked out eight savory options, five sweet options, and five beverages that we have to try at the 2021 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival.
1: (laughs) I love that was like your announcer voice. Yeah, I'm a PA announcer. I love it.
0: So this year, the festival runs from July 15th, which is this Thursday, all the way through November 20th. Other things to keep in mind for this year's festival is that there are seven new booths available. I'll quickly read the names to you, and then I know I at least have a few from this list Mm -hmm. on my food, so we'll come back to them. But the Noodle Exchange, Tangerine Cafe, Flavors of the Medina, it's in Morocco, the Rotunda Bistro... The swanky saucy swine. That's how you have to say it.
1: I mean, you have it's it's quite the name.
0: Brew wing at the Epcot experience, lobster landing. Oh, I feel like I missed it. Lobster Landing. Lobster. And Mac and Eats. The last two, Lobster Landing and Mac and Eats, both open on October 1st, which is a theme that may come up a few times during our discussion today. Whereas they're doing kind of a phased opening. So a lot of them will be open on July 15th when the festival starts but they are holding a few back until October 1st, and then I'll run through the end of the festival. It doesn't seem like they'll be taking any away out on October 1st. That is the 50th anniversary celebration at that point. So I imagine they're just trying to give us more at that point.
1: Yeah, it is kind of an interesting concept to almost have, I don't want to call it half of the festival at the beginning, but I do think it's interesting to not start with everything You did bring up a good point. I honestly did not even think about the fact that October 1st will be like the big 50th.
0: They're trying to give us any possible reason to not get in line for Ratatouille.
1: And to not just absolutely rush over to Magic Kingdom, I feel like.
0: That's probably a better point.
1: (laughs) They are trying to draw people anywhere and everywhere else. I bet that day would be a really good day to try to get Rise of the Resistance.
0: Oh, I was going to say to go to Universal.
1: Well, (laughs) that too. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think we also have to keep in mind that when it comes to this festival, they are also bringing back Run Disney, which is something super exciting.
0: Wine and dine.
1: Wine and dine, baby.
0: Villains theme this year. We'll probably talk about that as we get closer to it. Registration is very soon. So if you want to do it, you need to. Get on the ball.
1: Yeah, you need to look that up for sure.
0: Other thing before we get into the food is that there are entertainment offerings for food and wine this year. You have the typical ones like the Jammin' Chefs. It's the Jamminators. I don't know why they change their name every single festival. It's the Jamminators.
1: It's festive.
0: Okay. Mariachi Cobra in the American Gardens Theater. Voices of Liberty in the American Gardens Theater. And then the American Gardens Bandstand which is a little bit different than Eat to the Beat that used to go on during this festival. This, These are bands that they bring in on the weekends, but they are local from across Central Florida. And there's one in particular that we saw at Flower and Garden called Epic Live. We know that they're performing at least twice already, opening weekend, July 16th to 19th, and then again, September 24th to 27th, Epic Live will be there. And they are like a full-fledged band, like the brass instruments, everything, you like an orchestra almost. It's crazy.
1: And they are awesome. That is all we have to say. They're epic. They are quite epic. If you hear them playing or if you're in the area, you need to go over there and listen to them. Even if it's just like a walk-by kind of listen, I feel like you'll be dancing, you'll be having a good time. We thoroughly enjoyed them.
0: And so they've only announced up to this point through September 27th which is basically kind of what they're calling phase one of food and wine. and They are you? Well, that's from Disney. Okay. And then phase two kind of starts after October 1st, and then they will announce the rest. So maybe that will be when Eat to the Beat comes back, if the health protocols and standards keep progressing. Then maybe that's when you get the Hanson or the NSYNC or people like that.
1: Uh-oh, that would be... So exciting.
0: No, we just want Epic Live every weekend.
1: Well, that too. Can we have like a little bit of both maybe?
0: Epic Live featuring Hanson. (laughs) Are you down for that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. Okay, so like I said at the beginning, we have tried to parse this down as much as we possibly can and pick out some of the things. Some of them are old favorites that we've had in the past that we want to try again. But a lot of them are new things that caught our eye when we looked through the menu for Food and Wine Festival. So we're going to ping-pong this. We're going to start with savory, correct? Yes. What is the first thing on your list? Tell us what it is, the description, and then where you can find it.
1: Okay. And I do have to say that these are in no particular order. I just kind of wrote down as I perused the list. I went forward, backwards, up, down. So this is totally random.
0: Did you try to avoid things that you couldn't pronounce?
1: I didn't actually. Maybe I should have. I have a few humdingers in here (laughs) because, ooh, I'm terrible. But the very first thing on my list I feel pretty confident with from the Noodle Exchange, which is one of those new booths that you mentioned, I did the traditional spicy Vietnamese beef pho, which is shaved beef, enoki mushrooms, and Thai basil.
0: That's on my list as well.
1: I kind of figured it would be. We just recently discovered the magic of pho. Um, Actually, before we moved down to Florida, it was the first time that we had it. And I feel like it's just overall a good dish. I'm excited because it's a spicy. I am a big fan of spicy food. And I do feel like it's going to be one that maybe I'm not going to eat in July, Food and Wine Festival, because, you know, it's... It's rich, and it's going to be hot. (laughs) I'm probably going to wait a little while before I try it, but I think it's going to be good.
0: Yeah. I don't know if this happened to anybody else. I mean, it's probably just our part of the country. When we lived in Nashville, like one pho place opened, and then like four others opened the next week. It was (laughs) (laughs) phenomenal.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um,
0: That just came to me.
1: Well, I mean, it was pretty good. I liked it.
0: Okay, yeah, that made my list as well. Honestly, I was sold at Thai basil. I I've, don't know what it is, but it's it's magical.
1: I've ne- yeah, I've never had Thai basil. Yes, you have. Have I? Yes. You have.
0: Uh, yes, you've probably had it most recently in Pad Thai.
1: Oh, uh, okay. I'm a big fan of Thai food. So this just had to make the list. I think this will be a but this good is Vietnamese. booth. That is true. I, I, whatever. I love all foods, really. But I think this will be a good booth, and I hope it's successful so that it keeps coming back.
0: I mean, the noodle exchange—that's a heck of a name for a booth. It is. I, my ears perked up as soon as I heard that.
1: So, what's the first thing on your list?
0: The Roasted Lamb Chop with Sweet Potato Puree, Bushberry Pea Salad, and Pistachio Pomegranate Grimulata from Australia.
1: Oh, my. That sounds like a lot.
0: I know. Well, that's what I felt like. I felt like I don't know what the prices are because they haven't announced them, but it just sounds like a lot of food. And I wanted to find something at the Australia booth. And this just seemed like the best option. I've never visited the Australia booth before.
1: It definitely sounds like a stick to your bones. Almost like when you get the little filet from Canada. Like it's almost like a real meal. You know what I mean? It's not just like a snack.
0: I know. Well, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like what I was going for.
1: Okay. Good choice. Next on my list is the braised beef poutine. Which is French fries, borzen, garlic, and fine herb, cheese sauce, cheese curds, and gherkin relish.
0: The name of this, the alternate name for this episode is Watch Catherine Try to Pronounce Words.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is probably pretty painful. But that comes from the refreshment port near Canada. We've tried just the typical poutine one time. I have to say, it's very interesting. Just because there's a lot going on with like the gravy and everything. But I think it's worth another try.
0: It's another I don't you're on a roll with these like cold weather foods because poutine in I July know. does not sound appetizing to but me.
1: That's that's the whole thing about food and wine festival. Like you are supposed to feel fall. These are fall hearty foods. Even you had a whole lamb. Meal listed on yours. A
0: chop. Let's not get carried away by a whole lamb. It was just his chop.
1: Okay, well, the chop, it's a lot of food, you know? When I think food and wine festival, it's almost, it's synonymous with like pumpkin spice lattes and like flannels, I feel like.
0: Okay, you're going to get me excited over here.
1: Well, it's coming. It's in our future.
0: Pumpkin cream cold brew is right around the corner.
1: It is. And I feel like, these foods kind of fall into that same category. It's not like the nice, fresh kind of feel like you get from Flower and Garden.
0: Okay. Hearty. It's hardy. Next one on my list is the beer braised beef with smoked gouda mashed potatoes from Belgium. Ooh. That didn't make your list? No. Wow. I'm kind of shocked. You are a meat and potatoes kind of eater. <laughs>
1: I am. Are you nervous that that's going to be too pot roasty?
0: So I am a very vocal hater of pot roast. (laughs) I think it's a very lazy meal to cook. (laughs) (laughs) I think, but braised, beer braised beef, the beer gives me hope. I mean, if it's braised, surely it has some sort of sear on it, I would think. Okay. So that's what I'm hopeful for.
1: Best wishes. (laughs) on that one
0: i've probably offended people who make a lot of pot roast already
1: hey uh i can say from my family standpoint i grew up on a lot of pot roast pot roast roast beef any kind of big hunk of meat with just vegetables and vegetables
0: (laughs) and and beer broth i mean and, and beef broth
1: yeah just thrown in there i lived on that my grandma my mom I think that's why Brendan doesn't eat it because, as teenagers dating, he came over to our house so often and ate it. I think now he just absolutely refuses. Accurate. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. Too much force feeding. Next on my list is the crispy fried pepper shrimp with spicy.
0: <laughs> give it, <laughs> it give it a whirl. Nope. What's the word before that?
1: Swish on. it comes from the china booth
0: i feel like you gotta find something at the china booth i feel like they serve pretty much the same thing every year but it's always good
1: i feel like this is a bit of a toss-up though i've never had shrimp i feel like from one of these booths i usually stay away from the seafood i will say as i was looking at this menu it felt very seafood heavy We already mentioned the lobster place, and now we have – I saw lots of shrimps, lots of – I don't know, just lots of fish, I felt like.
0: Which is good. I mean, more and more people are avoiding red meat, so I think giving a lot of options like Mm -hmm. that and a lot of pescatarians, so I think that's good.
1: I'm going to give it a shot. It sounds good.
0: Speaking of pescatarians, my next one is a hot beef sandwich. (laughs) With horseradish cream and pickled vegetables from the hops and barley in America. Now, typically, I will not go to the America booths. I just, I don't know, something about it feels like sinful when you're in World Showcase. But a horseradish cream, I will eat anything with a horseradish cream.
1: It just speaks to you.
0: Yeah. So I'm interested to know. I didn't, I couldn't find a picture of it or anything. So we'll see when we get there. What kind of bread is it on? Is this like a a baguette or is it a... A
1: baguette?
0: Well, probably not a baguette. Is it like a, a French bread, like a French dip is what I'm saying?
1: It sounds French dip-esque.
0: Or is it like a... Uh,
1: like a hoagie roll yeah. kind of...
0: Yeah. That's going to be a game time decision.
1: Would that change your mind?
0: Yeah, if it's on like some rye bread, I'm probably going to pass. But if it's...
1: That would be like a Reuben on rye. This is not not a Reuben.
0: All I know is it's hot beef and horseradish cream.
1: And that's what you want. Correct. Sounds like hot weather food right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. My turn again? Yes. I'm going to go with the griddled cheese with pistachios and honey, which is from Greece.
0: Interesting. Okay. So I'll go and play my hand I don't have anything from Greece. I really, really wanted to find something. I just couldn't justify putting anything from the Greece booth on there. We love Greek food.
1: I Honestly, that's why I went with it because we do love Greek food. And I really wanted something from this booth. So I just decided to pick the one that sounded the best. Because honestly, none of them stood out to me at like at first glance. Like I said, I kind of went down the list and then back up. And that's when I put this one on my list just because I did want to try it. I just wanted something from the booth. I don't know if that's bad or good.
0: Well, I think that's a big allure of food and wine is you're trying different foods that you wouldn't typically try because potentially they're at a lower price point. You can get less of a serving.
1: I'm interested in the combination with the pistachios and the honey, how that's going to pair with the cheese. Because typically, I mean... We haven't completely jumped on like the charcuterie board trend, which is very, I feel like, food and wine. So I feel like that's kind of what this is embodying.
0: It's also a very millennial thing.
1: It is. And we just haven't jumped on the bandwagon completely. Not that they're bad. We just don't go crazy for them. Yeah. So I'm embracing my inner millennial charcuterie board here.
0: I gotcha. Next, I have the Kenyan Coffee Barbecue Beef Tenderloin with sweet potato and corn maili pop, pap.
1: I'm going to need you to take a moment and count on your list how many are some sort of beef
0: dish. A lot. (laughs) I realized that once we started reading these. I got a lot of beef. (laughs) Uh, Actually, everything besides one left on my list is beef. Good. So hopefully you're giving our listeners some variety. But that is from the Kenya booth.
1: I never would have guessed.
0: You, yeah, I know Kenyan coffee barbecue beef tenderloin. From- it does
1: sound interesting because we've had things similar before with like the coffee rub, and I, I love coffee, but I don't particularly remember enjoying like a coffee rub.
0: We have gotten one from when they just had the Africa booth in the past, mm-hmm. and it wasn't specifically Kenya. I don't believe, and it wasn't my favorite, but I wanted to give it another try.
1: I mean, it sounds appealing, and I agree. Sometimes it's almost like a game time decision where you have to go and smell it and see it before going. <laughs> Excuse with me, it. can
0: I smell that before you serve you it? You can
1: smell it before you order it. Everything is very fragrant. That's not a crazy you buy it request. And then you take it back
0: and say, "I'm sorry, this did not pass the sniff test." <laughs> <laughs> I would like a refund.
1: All right. Next on my list. Well,
0: I wanted to mention just if you did write that one down at home, or if you pin that one, it doesn't open until the first of October, so gotta wait a little while.
1: Gotta hold off on that one. Next on my list was the soy glazed sticky ribs with green onions and peanuts, and that's from the sauce. The oh, sorry, the Swanky Saucy Swine. Interesting. I liked the idea. What really got me, and this might be kind of weird, was the peanuts. Because it does, it reminds me of like the pad thai with like the crunch. That's one of our favorite parts about getting pad thai. You get the lime, you get the crunch. So I feel like I would really enjoy the soy with the peanuts. This seems like a messy dish. It's not one that I think I'm going to want you to like film me eating. I sounds filming I mean, you probably will. But it sounds really good.
0: Yeah, I mean that one caught my eye. It didn't make my list, but it did catch my eye as I was reading through. Fair enough. Next one for me is the Chimichurri Up Offense from the Flavors of Fire, which is the ESPN sponsored, so they all have sports related menu names.
1: So what, yeah, I honestly you got to say that slower.
0: Chimichurri Up Offense. So it's a play on like a hurry up offense in football. Gotcha. Are you familiar with the term no. Okay. Like.
1: So this is, is this more beef with a chimichurri. Uh, precisely. Okay.
0: Charred chimichurri steak on a smoked corn cake with veggie slaw and cilantro aioli.
1: How did I miss that?
0: You probably stopped when it said chimichurri up offense.
1: Yeah, I was probably like, I don't know what that that is. <laughs> Scroll. <laughs> but that sounds amazing because the chimichurri sauce that we really love is typically from. Topolino, which is still closed. Hopefully Toledo. not Toledo. That's I always confuse the two.
0: Toledo is at the top of Grand Destino Tower.
1: Toledo, which we love, so we're here for a good chimichurri.
0: And I and the smoked corn cake sounds equally as amazing. And then to top it all off, this cilantro aioli.
1: I feel like the corn cake is going to really depend on how fresh it is. You need like a good fresh corn cake. You I can know? see that.
0: So, I mean, the the whole theme of that one, and they, this is a booth that's been there in the past, but they have, like, the big grills outside, and, you know, this year it's Talk sponsored.
1: Talk about fragrance, sir. You can smell that from a mile away.
0: You are correct. But this year it's sponsored not just by ESPN. And I think it was College Game Day last year. This year it's NFL Live. So... Still football,
1: but hence the name. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for it. Next on my list, Lobster Landing. And I'm not going to lie, I could not pick between two of these. So I put, I just kind of smushed them both together because I just couldn't decide. They both sounded so good. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little worried to put this on my list because, again, lots of seafood. I haven't really done a lot of seafood at Epcot or during festivals. It makes me a little nervous. But the lobster chowder, it has bacon, corn, potatoes, and oyster crackers.
0: Which sounds like it was made for you.
1: It literally sounds so good. They better not mess this up for me.
0: Don't mention what I think you're going to mention.
1: My lobster bisque? Yeah. Yeah, the oyster crackers, honestly, it sold It sold me. <laughs> It oyster just seals the deal. Of I love a good oyster cracker. Of
0: all things, an oyster cracker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that might be completely ridiculous, but it's true. It is. It is. That's okay. Um, and then the other one that I did not want to leave out was they have a baked lobster dip with Old Bay chips.
0: Yeah, that one caught my eye. But I didn't put it on my list because it wasn't beef.
1: <laughs> Imagine that. But it sounds like... We love dips of all kinds. <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me. It's a weird me, thing to admit. It Well, it's true. I just think it's going to pair very well together. And, again, it was kind of the chips that got me. So if it Old was Bay just,
0: chips, I mean, obviously they have the Old Bay seasoning. Do you think they're, like, kettle cooked? Or how would you, or they, do you think they're deep fried?
1: Yeah, they just looked like fried, almost like little tortilla chips with the seasoning in the picture,
0: I was thinking like some Cape Cod style with some Old Bay seasoning on there. Mm, no, that's not what it looked like. No, but doesn't that sound good?
1: No. Oh come on. I'm I like the tortilla chips. That's what I went with.
0: Okay. Last beef on my list. Oh man, the taco de ribeye. Okay. Shaved ribeye, red onions, and poblano peppers on a corn tortilla with ranchero, salsa, cheese, and chives from the Mexico Pavilion. So they had something. Now, it signals that this is a new item. They had something very, very similar to this last year in Mexico. I think They it always was, have
1: something very similar.
0: No, but it was like a, I guess it wasn't a ribeye taco. It was like a ribeye tostada or something like that. But the ribeye meat itself was what made it so amazing. And the ranchero salsa. So put it in taco form, sold, absolutely sold. And you have to have something from the Mexico booth.
1: Well, speaking of that, I'm going to piggyback onto that because I too agree that you need to stop at the Mexico booth. It just never disappoints. And I feel like when you're eating festival food, you need just something solid, something reliable. And I feel like to us, that is the Mexico booth. I went with their other option, which is the chiquiles con chorizo. And it's a crispy corn tortilla tossed in salsa verde with Monterey Jack cheese topped with a crema, Mexicana, queso, cojita, pickled onions, and ground chorizo. I got through that one pretty well.
0: I was about to say, of all the things, you you can tell that we eat a lot of Mexican food.
1: No kidding. I actually had no clue what a chilaquile was until just yesterday. It's
0: come up twice in our life now.
1: We watched a Disneyland video and this is something that they have at the Lamplight Lounge for brunch and it made our must eat list there. So I'm excited for this.
0: So you're gonna be a Chile Kiles connoisseur after this.
1: Oh absolutely
0: I mean everything in the Mexico I've never had something bad from the Mexico booth.
1: I mean maybe it's just us. We're just super biased just Lots of cheese, lots of flavor. I feel like everything is always cooked well. And I always feel like you get a pretty good portion for the price. I've never like gotten something and been like, wow, this was a ripoff. That's just my opinion.
0: Last thing on my list, and one of the only things that's not beef, the Spicy hako Sushi. Spicy tuna and salmon with red tempura crunch and volcano sauce from the Japan Pavilion. Now, I've never had sushi in Epcot. So again, just like you're venturing out for seafood, I'm venturing out for seafood in the form of sushi. But I think, I mean, again, you say volcano sauce and I'm in.
1: I know, that does sound very good. They had something else that kind of piqued my interest that I really threw around a lot. It was almost like a like a crunchy tempura shrimp but it wasn't in the form of sushi it was they like put it on bread almost like a little sandwich and i really wanted to put it on my list i didn't write down the name i know you're looking it up right now but it was kind of the same thing i feel i would have felt like i was branching out a little more but i was a little too nervous to put it on my list
0: so i'm interested Neither of us put anything from the brew wing.
1: And the the only reason I didn't is because we've been making wings a lot lately and they've been excellent. And I almost just felt like with all of the other options, getting something like wings was almost a little too safe. I feel like they're, they're probably going to be excellent. I just... Like when there's so many other things, like new and exciting, wings just didn't do it for me.
0: Yeah, uh, so I'm on the Japan list now. Was it the teriyaki chicken bun or the tempura shrimp sando?
1: Yeah, the sando.
0: Crunchy shrimp served with yuzu crab, green onions, and eel sauce served on a bun. Yeah, that sounds good.
1: It sounded really good. So maybe we'll get a wild hair and I'll get that too. But I guess that would be like an honorable mention for me.
0: And that completes my savory list. Do you have anything left on your savory list? I have
1: one more. Okay. So my number eight was from France. And it's the beignet au trios fromages. And it's basically a warm beignet filled with three cheese.
0: Oh, so that's why it's on the savory list. Everything you were saying was pointing towards sweet until you said three cheeses.
1: Well, and I'm not going to lie, the picture to me looked like a cream cheese danish and that's why I picked it because I'm a sucker for a good cream cheese danish but it was listed at the top with the rest of the savory items so I'm my interest was peaked so that's why I had to go for it
0: so neither of us picked anything from germany the alps or Morocco.
1: The only reason I didn't pick anything from the Alps was because we've had it before. um, Because they're the booth that does like the big melty cheese with like the potatoes and everything.
0: And a disclaimer, we are not 100%, but we are trying to cut back on dairy.
1: We are. You probably can't tell from my three cheese beignet that I just (laughs) put on my list.
0: But we're picking and choosing, and the Alps was a little too much cheese.
1: It's a lot of cheese. And I just wanted to try something different. I do think if you've never had it, it's fun to get, and it was very good when we had it last year. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to go a different route.
0: The other one, we didn't pick anything from India, but I did think about they had basically like a small version of bread service. It looks like the one from Sanaa. It says, warm Indian bread with pickled garlic mango salsa and coriander pesto dips. I know for a fact that they have pickled garlic, mango. They have all three of those at Sanaa. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's just like a, a best of.
1: It's a taste. Exactly. But a we're not taste. saying that
0: because this is full-blown food and wine festival. That's true. Yeah. And then Hawaii. We didn't, we didn't, neither of us picked anything so far. Well, not from yet.
1: That. I was going to say, don't hold your horses, sir.
0: Well, then that makes me think that we probably have the same thing on our list.
1: We probably do. So, desserts? I, desserts. I'll go first. So you went first last time. The first thing I put on my list is a fresh baked carrot cake with cream cheese icing.
0: That caught my eye.
1: It comes from the hops and barley, which was over in the America area, I'm pretty sure. Yes. I I had to pick it because cream cheese icing, hello.
0: Can it be better than the carrot cake cookie from Charlie Carr Cafe and Hollywood Studios? That's almost like the pinnacle of carrot cake, I feel like.
1: It is, but I'm interested in finding out.
0: Okay, new idea. We take it on the Skyliner and and go to Hollywood Studios and then try them side by side.
1: I mean, don't tempt me with a good time.
0: A carrot cake. Cake off. Cake off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like a blind taste test. We yeah. blindfold each other and feed it. Yeah. You got to rate it.
0: I mean, it's hard to beat like a good, strong carrot cake.
1: Just any. I mean, I kind of put it into the same categories like a red velvet. Just like a like a dense cake, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to describe it.
0: What a description.
1: Yeah, I know. But just the cream cheese icing, you can't not love a good cream cheese icing. It's the superior type of icing.
0: So when I asked you at the beginning if you avoided anything that you couldn't pronounce, I was mainly referring to this one on my list.
1: Uh-oh, I bet we have the same one.
0: Capiratada de chocolate.
1: Nope, don't have that.
0: Okay, Capiratata this is from Mexico, so this is in Spanish. The description is... Abuelita chocolate bread pudding served with chocolate creamed anglaise. I only know about half of those words, but I like all of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that does sound amazing. So we're just going to go three for three at the Mexico booth. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm waiting we get to beverages. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, I normally, Mexico is not normally a booth that I will go to for dessert. I feel like you don't normally think that.
1: Well, I feel like our problem is we don't like spicy desserts. We just love sweet. Give us all the sugar. And I feel like typically the Mexico booths will add that little bit of spice to it and we stay away from that. This does not sound to have any.
0: Unless we don't know one of those words and it means like volcano or something. (laughs)
1: Precisely. So that might be another one where we kind of have to see it.
0: And I'm sure our Spanish speakers can't even translate it for us because I mispronounced it so badly. So I'm sorry.
1: So look at the menu and let us know and then tell us how to pronounce it. We're always looking for the just correctness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what's next for you?
1: Oh, gosh. So this is the big one for me that I cannot pronounce, but I had to go for it. It comes from Greece. Go for it. I'm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <God. laughs> this is horrible radio. I know. I'm sorry.
0: Bing. <laughs> pita.
1: Oh my God. How did you do that?
0: I think that's how you pronounce it. Spinocop, spinocopita?
1: Spinaca, spinocopita. Pita. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot better than I would have done. There was no description, just a picture. I have literally no clue what it is.
0: I looked it up. And I don't think it is a dessert. And I don't think you're going to like it at all.
1: Oh, no. It looked like a dessert. It looked like a little cake in the picture. Like some icing or something on it. No.
0: Uh, It's a Greek spinach pie.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why was there no description? Is that a common food that I'm supposed to know what it is? I believe so. They
0: serve it at almost every Greek restaurant we've ever been to.
1: I, well, I've never ordered it.
0: Yeah. Greek spinach pie. So while I read, do you want to look up a replacement since that is not a dessert?
1: No, it's fine. I'll just cut my losses.
0: You only get four desserts this whole food and wine, I guess.
1: What a disappointment, man. That's, yeah, like you said, that's not even something I would order on my own.
0: I can't believe you didn't think to look up <laughs> what it was. Well, I
1: put in my notes, no description, question mark. So I feel like I <laughs> meant, <to, laughs> meant to go look it up. Oh, man. Sorry to everyone out there rolling your eyes at me. That was sad.
0: I have a candy jar donut with M&M's, Snickers, and Twix from the donut box.
1: Okay, so something that caught my eye here because they do have lots of those like candy covered donuts. They also had like a fried chicken donut sandwich.
0: Yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> I did think about it. But I don't know, there's something I know a lot of people like that combination like I d- this- I it's, don't like savory and sweet together, typically.
1: It's almost like a chicken and waffle kind of deal, though. See, and, and that's I'm not a my chi- jam. Yeah,
0: see, I'm not a chicken and waffle person.
1: Can I put that on my dessert list? Sure. That's kind of a dessert. Sure. That's kind of a safe choice, I feel like. You got an M&M donut?
0: And Snickers and Twix. It's all of them together. <laughs> see how that works?
1: <laughs> okay. For the donut box over by Test Track? Correct. Okay. Next up is the one that I'm the most excited for. The S'mores Whoopie Pylon.
0: And do you get the reference in the name of what you just read?
1: Absolutely not.
0: A What's- pylon, like on a football field, like the orange things that they put in the end zone? That's a pylon.
1: Oh, I would have thought like dog pile. <laughs> yeah, we just won. This is awesome.
0: No, like pylon cam, like when they show it going down the sideline, nothing. Mm-mm. Ring any bells?
1: Nope. But they had me at s'mores. And this is actually not the only s'mores dessert. Now I do wish I went down and wrote the other one down. I'll find it. But so this is from the flavors from Fire, which is, again, the ESPN booth. It's a smoked chocolate cake with graham cracker, marshmallow, chocolate ganache, and candied bacon. The candied bacon makes me a little nervous, I'm not going to lie, but everything else sounds good. And the picture looked great. So the
0: other s'mores also has bacon. I know. So this is from the funnel cake stand called the Mini Candied Bacon S'mores Funnel Cake with Vanilla Ice Cream in the America Pavilion.
1: Mm, Yep, that was it. I went with this one over that one just because this one seemed a little more unique in like the presentation, but I am also a sucker for a good funnel cake, so we'll have to try that.
0: Next one on my list is the Passion Fruit Cheesecake with Toasted Macadamia Nuts from the Hawaii Booth. You're nodding because you have it as well?
1: Yeah. This one for me was my kind of going outside the box just because... I like cheesecake and I kind of picked this because I like macadamia nuts. Same. <laughs> but the passion fruit throws me off just a little bit.
0: Well, it's I didn't look at the picture to be honest. Was it in the cheesecake or was it a topping?
1: Um, kind of both.
0: Okay. I Did think that it, makes sense. I think it sounds nice and refreshing.
1: It does. It sounds almost like the lightest option out of all of these, even though cheesecake is still very sweet. It it feels the most refreshing, almost. I guess probably because it's from Hawaii.
0: The only thing I am a little nervous about is I love macadamia nuts, but normally I like them like chocolate dipped. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of toasted nuts, like the flavor profile changes a lot when they get toasted a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll still like it, but that's my only reservation.
1: I just, I think it sounded interesting. So that rounds out my list too. Did you still have another one? I've got two more. Two more. Okay.
0: Next, I have the pistachio cake with cinnamon pastry cream and candied walnuts from the Tangerine Cafe in Morocco. And it was the same thing. I love pistachios and I like walnuts. And the picture of it looked really cool as well. It came with a little uh, like chocolate thing, like uh, chocolate art, it almost looked like. Oh, uh-huh. And it was like the uh, tile work that they have in the Morocco Pavilion, like the blues.
1: Oh, that is cool. I like that little detail.
0: And so that's why it made my list. Would you try it?
1: I would give it a shot.
0: It's green from the pistachios.
1: Yeah, I figured it would I figured it would be.
0: Last one on my list is the warm chocolate pudding cake with Irish cream liqueur from Ireland.
1: Now, this almost made my list. I was just a little nervous that that Irish cream liqueur would be a little overwhelming.
0: That is the risk, I feel like, with a lot of these types of... When you put Irish cream in something, it has the tendency sometimes to overpower it. But... If you just stop reading after warm chocolate pudding cake, you could put anything after that and I would eat it. With anchovies, sign me up. With sardines, good to go.
1: Now you're getting a little carried away.
0: Warm chocolate pudding cake.
1: I mean, it sounds amazing.
0: How could you mess that up?
1: Maybe with anchovies.
0: Okay. So, five drinks five to round drinks. this out, to wash it all down.
1: And not all of mine are alcoholic. Did you kind of follow the same route?
0: I have one non-alcoholic and four alcoholic.
1: Okay. I did the same. So the first one on my list is the Kung Fu Master. I love the name. So that alone caught my attention, which I feel like is kind of half of the battle. When you're looking at a lot of these, the picture and the name sometimes is what draws you to it.
0: And where do you get that?
1: The China Booth, obviously. It is Absolute Vodka, Triple Sec, Mango Syrup, and Orange Juice. And from our experience with the China Booth, they have a heavy pour.
0: They do have a very heavy pour. I'll go ahead and mention mine from the China Booth, which I guess I didn't realize it's basically the exact same drink as yours. The Dragonfly is Jose Cuervo Gold Tequila, Absolute Vodka, Orange Juice, and Mango Syrup.
1: Okay, so that one was the one that I had originally written down I changed my mind because the thought of the vodka with the tequila- Sounds like a good time. Scared me a little bit. No. <laughs> so I went with this one basically for the same reason. I liked the name and everything was the same. You had the mango, the orange-
0: But just vodka and triple sec.
1: And some triple sec.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote down after mine in parentheses, dangerous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so that'll be, yeah, that is- I mean, that's exactly right. It's dangerous. They're not playing around there.
0: So we're double fisting at the China booth. We got that down. What's next?
1: Um, So after that, I'm going to go with a non-alcoholic drink from the Joffrey's, specifically the one near Canada.
0: Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were about to take mine.
1: Oh, no. It's the Tropical Tea Breeze, which is an iced tea and frozen lemonade with a splash of coconut syrup.
0: Oh, yeah. That's why I was out on that one, because I don't like coconut. Everything sounded good up until then. I wonder if I could get it without the coconut syrup. But it's just Arnold Palmer.
1: Yeah, frozen. So it sounded intriguing. I liked the addition of the coconut. Uh, It definitely seems like it's going to be sweet, especially because of the lemonade. And I think I like that it's frozen. I feel like it's probably going to give me a brain freeze. But since the festival is starting in July... You do have to be realistic. It's going to be hot, and I think this would be a good thing to kind of pick up as you walk around the showcase.
0: I will list my Joffrey's drink as well. It's the cocoa Cold Brew Kona Mocha topped with whipped cream and drizzled with chocolate. Now, to be completely honest, I think they can make this year-round. That's
1: why I didn't put it on my list. Because
0: I think they have all the ingredients to do that at any time, but... They listed it as a special drink just for food and wine, so I will partake. You get this one from the Future World Joffrey's near Mission Space and Test Trek.
1: So close to the donuts that we want.
0: Correct. Yeah, you'd have to pass it to go to get the donuts.
1: Very good. So the next one on my list is the Kochi Lemon Drop, which is from Japan. It's vodka, yuzu, and lemon juice, and garnished with Lemon jelly.
0: Interesting. That I'm, doesn't sound like you.
1: No, I'm usually not a lemon person. But again, I was kind of going back and forth, and this really piqued my interest.
0: I can't even hear you say lemon without thinking of Monster Zinc. It's lemon.
1: <laughs> I just thought it sounded fun. Okay. Sounds
0: good. Jelly. I'm, I'm interested to see what the jelly is.
1: Yeah. I'm... Um, I'm just kind of surprised because now I have two vodka drinks and I'm not a vodka drinker. You are now. I am I am today with this list.
0: Next one is one that has been at the festival for quite some time, but it normally gets some pretty rave reviews, the Guinness Bailey's Shake from Ireland in the UK Pavilion. And it's, a, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like, but it's good. It's solid.
1: You've never had it though, have you? I have had it. Oh, and you concur that it's good?
0: Correct. Okay. No, it's terrible. That's why I put it <laughs> on my list. That's why it's on
1: your list. Um, mine is from the Belgium booth, this next one. And it's a chilled coffee featuring Godiva chocolate liqueur.
0: I don't know. I must have missed that.
1: It was another one that I skipped over at first because I would typically avoid these kind of drinks. I had a bad run-in with a chocolate martini one time, where I just, I just didn't like it. That was the bad run-in. It just wasn't for me. Uh, I think I was expecting chocolate milk, <laughs> <laughs> and it did not taste like chocolate milk. So, but I where like, did
0: you get that? Who did we see that night that you got that?
1: Yeehaw, Bob.
0: So there's a good memory attached with it.
1: Exactly, and you know it was fun to try something different. But I feel like now I have more of a realistic expectation. I feel like I'm ready to try something like this again. Okay. But now we're adding coffee, which will be different.
0: I see. Yeah, it doesn't say chocolate. Oh, it's Godiva. Never mind. Yes. Next one on my list is the Sula Shinnan Blanc from India. Now, Shinnan Blanc is my favorite type of wine. And I've never had a wine from India, so this is me exploring out. It's a familiar type of wine for me, but from a different region than I've ever had wine from. So I, I'm interested to give it a try.
1: Okay. It's pretty solid. That's fitting for food and wine. The last one I picked is something that sounds like it should be in Flowering Garden, if you ask me. But I went with the Key Lime Mimosa, which is key lime sparkling wine and cranberry juice. Where do you get that? Shimmering Sips. Okay. I feel like with all the bubbles, I might regret my choice afterwards, but it sounds so fun, and I am a sucker for a key lime-flavored anything. So why not? Surely it'll be small enough where if I don't like it, I'll just drink it really fast, and, you know, we'll be fine.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Last one I have is Left Hand Brewing. Bittersweet Imperial Coffee Milk Stout. Heck yeah.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: You get it from the donut box, which we're going to be stopping there.
1: Yeah, we'll be there.
0: And I just recently have really, really liked stouts. and really like milk stouts. Even though we said we're trying to cut back on dairy. But <laughs> uh, I, I, it just sounds amazing.
1: There was actually, so I read it. One time looking at the list, and I didn't write it down, and then I couldn't find it again. There was, like, some sort of pumpkin cider.
0: Blake's Hard Cider Company Apple Lantern Roasted Pumpkin Cider.
1: That sounded, I mean, do you want to talk about fall in a cup? That sounded super fun. It also...
0: You know where you get that? Where? I would have, reading it, I would have thought it was the apple place. It's actually from Brewing.
1: Oh, okay. It also kind of make, makes me think Harry Potter for some reason, just because of the pumpkin juice that they have there. So that, to me, sounded interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I would give it a try. There were a couple of ciders that caught my eye. I feel like ciders are hit or miss, but when they're good, they're really good. Mm-hmm. And that's it.
1: That's all, that's all she wrote.
0: That's our full list. We cannot stress enough that if you were, it, honestly, any of the bands that they have there over the weekends, Epic Live is just the only one that we really watch during Flower and Garden, mm-hmm. but the rest of them we've heard in passing, they're all really, really good. And mm-hmm. there's something to be said for, and I think you were about to say this, they are so happy to be performing for live people right now.
1: They were. The first time that we saw Epic Live, I think it was like their first performance back, and they were just over the moon, excited. I love that they're local bands, so they are reaching out to people like us who live in Central Florida um, and just kind of giving them the opportunity to work and do what they love again, which I think is super cool. So get some good food and stop and listen to them. Because you won't be disappointed.
0: Yeah. And even if you just do it from the walkway in the America Pavilion, if you don't want to go all the way into the American Garden Theater, they blast that music.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you could hear them from like quite a few countries away.
0: We heard them in Japan the other night, which is only one country away, but we could hear it clearly. Yeah. So I'm really excited for Food & Wine. I think normally this isn't my favorite festival going on. Typically, we like the smaller festivals, Festival of the Arts, and the more dull parts of Flower and Garden. But I don't know, something, it seems this is the first one that's not a taste of festival. I think maybe after October 1st, they're really going to bring it. So I think it's an exciting time to come.
1: I think it will be. I think, like you said, with them especially gearing up towards October 1st, Hopefully, we're going to continue to see more and more, um, you know, just more live music, more offerings, more everything. And, you know, I'm here for it. This is what we've been waiting for, I feel like. A real festival, not a watered-down one.
0: Yeah. So a couple things to note before we sign off is that we will be doing a vlog of our first day At Food and Wine Festival. It starts on Thursday. We're going on Friday, so expect the vlog on Saturday. Yes. I think, if I can get it turned around. Saturday or Sunday. So if you want to see some of these foods that we discussed today on a camera, on a video, join us for that. And then it is absolutely not too late to go ahead and plan that vacation to come down for Food and Wine Festival or come down for some of the 50th anniversary celebration Maybe don't want to be here on the 1st. Maybe you do. I don't know. But that celebration is going to go on for 18 months. So you can go ahead and get the ball rolling and reach out to our friend Hannah Little, Creating Magic Vacations. She'll You just let her know your budget, and she will get you as far as she can, make that dollar stretch to get you set up to have a wonderful time partaking in the Food and Wine Festival, partaking in the 50th anniversary celebration, just being down here in the most magical place on earth.
1: So we thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening to us, you know, the best way to help us grow and reach more people is to leave us an iTunes review
0: or subscribe on YouTube. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was getting to that. Um, but thanks so much for joining us. We hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to Detour in Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show.
0: Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit detourdeneverland.com.
1: We appreciate you letting us be part of your day.
0: See you real soon.